Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 237. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. We do it by listening to the stories and taking the advice, the recommendations, the anything we can get from these incredible restaurateurs, chef proprietors, uh, GMs, COOs, CEOs, anybody who's a, a successful restaurant professional who wants to be a mentor on the show. We take their advice. We listen to them. We become unstoppable. That's what it's all about. Uh, I just wanted to drop a little note here before we started the episode to let you know why I've been MIA these past a couple days. I usually do two to three episodes a week. This week, I only did one episode. And it's because I took the time to head out to the National Restaurant Association out in Chicago, drove out from New Hampshire, 15-hour drive, an amazing trip, got to head over to Nick's uh, Pizza. Uh, Nick's Rilla has been on the show, got to see their operation. Awesome stuff. The trade show itself was awesome. Uh, special thanks to Anatazin from the National Restaurant Association for helping me get that media pass. I'm going to do a special episode dedicated to the Robert Irvine and D- John Taffer um, speech that they did that, uh, that whatever breakout session they had, uh, really some great lessons I took away from that speech or that, that whatever session. Uh, so we're going to be donating an episode or dedicating an episode to that speech, uh, as a payback for letting me get out there for free, that media pass. Uh, and, uh, special thanks to James Ealing of secret sauce podcast, that marketing podcast. It's awesome. If you haven't checked it out, you have to check it out. He let me stay on his couch. He got an Airbnb. He let me stay on his couch. That really helped me so much. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have that roof over my head. So thank you so much, James, for uh, being generous with that space you got for yourself. And I uh, just met so many incre- incredible people, people I've worked on, uh, Restaurant Unstoppable with, uh, Chef James Clary, spent some time with him, uh, Roger Bodwin of Restaurant Rockstars, awesome people, had such a blast. So that's why I've been gone. Um, that's why I've been a little bit slow on the content. Drove back to New Hampshire. Uh, from Chicago, car broke down. So I wanted to do two episodes this week, but I kind of got uh, tied up with figuring out car issues and everything turned out okay. Only broke down like 50 miles away from my house. So I made it that close. It could have been a lot worse. So before we hit start, it's going to remind you, um, Audible. You guys need to be using Audible dot com it really it's changed my life i'm not much of a reader I, I i don't have the i don't know patience to sit down and read books but with audible whenever i'm in my car whenever i'm doing work or going for a run walking the dog at the gym i'm listening to audiobooks and it's one of the best ways you can just improve yourself surrounding yourself with all these incredible minds that people they wrote these books you, you can make yourself so valuable with audible I actually listened to six books while i was out on my trip, uh, driving 15 hours both ways. So I had plenty of time to choose through some awesome audiobooks. Uh, it, it, they've changed my life, guys, and it can change your life too. Check out audible.com or correction, www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Get a free book today, guys. You will not regret it. All right, here's today's show. It's a great one. I hope you enjoy it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Shelly Lindgren. Shelly, please tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. 
Uh, I'm feeling unstoppable today. Yes. Today's a good day, Eric. <laughs> it is yeah. an awesome day. And we actually tried this once before, and your throat was really bothering you, and you sound so marvelous now. I can't wait to do this. Uh, can you hear the birds tripping in the background, by the way? I'm curious. Oh, and uh, here in San Francisco? Oh, well, in San Francisco, oh. and my window is right next to me. and it's literally- Oh, oh, I okay. see. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's oh. gorgeous. Yeah, this is going to be such a great episode. So uh, let me just give the listeners a quick idea of who you are, what you've accomplished. We'll pass it over to you to get that motivational and inspirational ball rolling. So Shelly is a San Francisco Bay native and is a graduate of the University of San Francisco. While studying, she developed her skills at the fine dining restaurant Flor de Lis. Did I say that right? Yep, Good. perfect. Because I usually am really bad at saying those things. Uh, while simultaneously <laughs> earning her sommelier and culinary certificates. Uh, today, Shelly is the wine director and proprietor of four A16 locations, two of which are in California and two of which are in Japan, as well as SPQR. Shelly was recently recognized by the James Beard Foundation for A16 in the Outstanding Wine Program category. Shelly has also been nominated or named uh, Best New Sommelier by Wine and Spirits, Best Wine Director by San Francisco Magazine, and has been nominated annually for uh, Sommelier of the Year by Wine Enthusiasts since 2012. She has co-authored the award-winning A16 Food and Wine and uh, also has has co-authored SPQR Food and Wine. I don't know how you you do it all. It's amazing you find all the time. Just be successful in all these different areas of your life. I can't wait to get your story and to learn more about you. But before we do that, let's just get the motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra what do you have for us uh for me it's more of a mantra i think that every day is a new day kind of like how we started today um talking about it's a good day it's just no matter how busy or um whatever was happening the night before you have to kind of look at everything and and take it all with a a grain of salt and then Shelly, can you hear me? Me? Yeah, you broke up. Can you say that quote one more time? I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, kind of how we started today talking about a beautiful day. My mantra is no matter how, what was going on the day before, you always want to learn and grow from good days, bad days. There's always going to be challenges, but it's always a new day in the restaurant world. And you're going to open for service, and you're going to have wonderful people come in, and a great team that is always going. To, we're always going to be learning together. Absolutely. So that's how we approach every day. I love it, and it's just such an optimistic tone in your voice, and in the you know what you're saying. Optimism is so huge in this industry because. You're, you're going to have really bad days and things aren't going to be great. You're going to have yeah. seasons, you know, and you have to stay optimistic. You have to look to the future. You can't get caught up in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just got to, you know, stay positive. Just positivity is just so important. It's just, it, it, it influences people and it, it just changes the tone of your restaurant. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you that every day is just a new day. Awesome stuff. Um, so I gave the, the listeners just a huge aerial view of all of your accomplishments and what you're up to. Uh, why don't you take us on a little journey on how you got into okay. the industry and the steps you took to get to where you are today. Okay, um, so I've been working in restaurants for almost 30 years, which is always mind-blowing to me. So I'll give you a quick overview. So um, I know it's like we don't have a, a week to go. But, um, but uh, I started, I've worked every 
every position in the restaurant. I've washed dishes, I've hosted, I've bussed, I've served, I've been a reservationist for Julian Serrano, uh, who is at Picasso, and I learned so much in a short time of working with him. And meanwhile, I was a captain at Fort Elise. So before .com in San Francisco, there was not as many fine dining restaurants as there is today. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel so fortunate to have worked in that amazing era and have I have equal chef mentors as I do sommelier mentors and a lot of times um, the way fine dining worked before especially for a restaurant like Fleur Lisa was open for 40 years yeah. and um, wine wasn't like the wine country we know today I mean of course you have great families like the Mondavis and uh, many more but it was um it was, you know, red wine, white wine, mostly. Yeah. It wasn't thinking, wasn't thinking on, on the terroir that we, we, we go on today. Mm-hmm. So I feel really lucky, and I'm kind of at the point where I want to make sure that I can be a good teacher and also mentor, and, and I feel like I, I think everyone feels that way. I feel like I went the long way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like there was, there's really no clear-cut path in the hospitality industry. A lot of it is your personal experience. Yeah, so and, um, you spent 30 working hard. years, you said, in the industry. And how much of that time <laughs> yeah. was at this restaurant um, that was open for 40 years? Uh, late, I always, I'm always afraid to say words that aren't in like, <laughs> <laughs> Um You know, I worked before I worked there, I worked for Roland Passo, who has La Folie, uh-huh. and, and, uh, and his partner, Ed Levine, who um, they have left bank. I opened that with a great team, with great chefs. And, and, uh, and then I was living... Um, in San Francisco, and so I was actually one of the few women working in a fine dining French restaurant uh, awesome. floor as a captain, and so I really felt, I know, I was so honored, and and it also paid for my college, and my rent, and my lifestyle, and you know, I remember, you know, buying a car, and things like that, it were like real big deals, and, um, and uh, you know, but I had to, I put it upon myself to know what I was offering our customers. I had to know my Burgundies and my Bordeaux and my Champagne and my Alsatian wines and California wines and be able to um, bring a Garagon over, do proper wine service, have it be timed with the food impeccably. And I love service. Yeah. Service often gets overlooked, but um, when you can offer good service, and it doesn't matter if you're getting a coffee or at the car wash or whatever you're doing. If you have great people providing a really top level service, you're going to go back and return and, and you're going to have people that take pride in what they do. And that is really, um, what being in the community is about. We take care of people. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious, um, cause it seems like while you were working here, uh, you're being really intentional with your life, the things you're doing in the, in the background, uh, with going to school, uh, to study mm-hmm. and getting your sommelier certificate work, all these things, uh, intentional to work towards a career in hospitality or were, were, did you have different intentions while you were in school? Like at what point did you start like transitioning from this is my for now job to get through school to this is yeah. a career that I'm going to make out of for myself? You know, it wasn't intentional. It was accidental, but I'm just so, I was so used to having, maybe um, be working all the time or working in school and working in a job and, you know, constantly being multitasking and pushing for the next level that um, one day I realized I was a little bit older by the time I finished college, which took me forever, but I finished. And um, how old you were when you finished? 
28. That's, I, mean, the, I love asking these I questions. got married that age, too. <laughs> these are great things yeah. to know, Shelly, because I feel like so many times yeah. people, um, they get to that point of their life, and that's where I was. I was 26 when I got yeah. out of the aviation industry. And it's not yeah, yeah. hospitality full time. And I feel like sometimes people are afraid that it's too late when you start getting close to 30 or whatever. But there are people that bust into this career in their early 30s, even as you know, their 40s or 50s. I don't I'm not too sure how Misty, how old Missy Young was from Squeeze In, but they're doing so incredible. So, like, don't let your age I mean, influence your passion and what you want to do. Sorry, I, I have a little tangent. There. Everyone, no, you're, you're, you're completely correct because everyone has their own path. Yeah. And I, you know, had gone away at 17 with a scholarship to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, but I paid for everything myself and I didn't realize the challenges I would, I needed and the mentorship I needed. So I ended up coming back home and changing majors and going all that route. But the whole time I was working in hospitality and I really, and in a lot of ways, I feel like it saved my life because I had, you know, of course my family, but I always had this amazing, um, security and if I work hard and I'm I was treated like family wherever I worked and I always put in over a hundred percent and um and never even like if it was like finals or whatever and and or you know when I it's just like things happen in your life and you just have to be able to walk in the door of a restaurant and say okay I'm here and we're gonna make we're gonna have a great night I'll deal with the rest of it later you know so, uh, so that moment um, or the, the time where you started realizing, okay, I've got all this knowledge. I've learned all this about wine and I love service. I love what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to make this into a career. Take us through that pivotal point of your oh, life and how you. Complete, complete light bulb. <laughs> because when I was an English writing major and, um, and a biology minor at USF, I, I was writing these poems about bees and honeys and grapes and all these like you know the origin of restaurants in France and you know all these things that that was my passion Mm -hmm. and then one day I went gosh you know I finished taking all these classes and then I get on a bus with a huge backpack of books and I walk in (laughs) for lease and and then I go home and and it's like sort of like this cycle and then I realize you know what I have a career I've already been working this long in, in the restaurant and I think I could be a sommelier as a profession. Like oh, yeah. it wasn't really, it wasn't really even like a, something that it's something you learn from experience. And then from that point on, I studied for that first level for four years, it's and now we we sponsor, <laughs> no, we sponsored over thirty sommeliers at at A sixteen and SPQR. Now we really believe in travel and education and our people because That's- the more knowledge we share, it's not like a seat secret like how much can i know it's like how much can we all know together and share with each other you know so important it's so important i really think we're gonna dive back and dive in and really pull back those layers i do think we have a great opportunity coming uh, i can't wait for that part of the conversation but let's talk um about yeah. the time so you um you decided so i, I decided hey yeah, this is going to be uh, my career. I love what I'm doing. I want to be a sommelier. Yeah. But when did you realize that you're going to, okay, now graduate from being a sommelier to a, a, in, a, in a server to being like, okay, now I want to own my own restaurant. Take us through that transitional point. Yeah. Well, my husband, Greg, had his open his first bar in 1998. That's where we met at the soft opening, 15 Romolo. And he started building that when he was 26. 
you know, and he kind of knew a bit, I mean, he, that was going to be his career. And I was already working in the industry that we met through mutual funds. And then, um, when we went on our honeymoon, I was, I started getting my passion for Italy mm-hmm. and, uh, has a setting has an American sommelier where you study the world of wine. Okay. And, uh, we, we went there. I had already gone to cooking school, which I taught at a twelve for twelve years, and <laughs> and uh, as well. And um, it's crazy that um, you you went to cooking school and you taught at cooking school, and before this point, it never really occurred to you to be a restaurateur. It's okay. I think it's just funny. Well, we we just kind of decided that we wanted to do like a pizza wine bar. Yeah, and I was working as a sommelier, and I was going to school, and I was you know we were just taking steps by steps, and then. Because of Greg, he can he knows how to go look for a space and build a space and draw a space and you know get the right permits and yeah and, and we were just, just very, the, we're gonna do something simple. Just so the yeah. Listeners, no, Greg has uh he was in the restaurant business. Hi, so that's and that's yeah. what we ended up marrying. Yeah. Uh, just in case. The yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, yeah, so he with, it would have been hard without him. But um, I met when I met my business partner um back then. She was interested. She was a very smart about food, um, history, and eating, and and passionate about it. And so um, we were already had looked at a few spaces for the pizza wine bar. And I was working at Picard, and she, um, her husband and friends came in, and uh, she said, "Well, there's no Neapolitan pizza." And I'm just a California girl, so we didn't really have much of that out here. It's more on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And I said, "What is it? It sounds great." And next thing you know, I, so I went home from work, and I said, "Hey." you know what, I know we have this business plan, and let's, um, Victoria's interested too, let's take it to the next level, next thing, you know, we were doing that together, and so I started working on that full-time, and um, she's an attorney, so she wasn't really working um, in the restaurant, but getting uh, friends and family as investors, and now her sister, Cherry's my business partner, she's focused on her um, lawyer career, legal career, but, um, but uh, so we kind of kept it in the family, and we just keep keep working. That's where we're at. Fast forward today, yeah. and that's been open twelve years change. now. So, <laughs> Doing awesome well, the two and two in Japan when they open in March um, is really our partners. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but we go there um, like about four times a year, or they come here, and we um, you know the menu and the, the service and wine list. They're just been, they've been amazing. I love so, your uh, If you want to have yeah. a good excuse to go to Japan. Open a restaurant, you'll be forced to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's been we're, we're just we've been very very fortunate that they selected us. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. And it worked out. Congratulations! Congratulations yeah. for everything. You got so many great things going on for you in your life. Uh, oh, it feels like you're always. It feels like you're always like, uh, you know, working like it, it's, it's never like sit back and 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 uh, take it easy. You know, it's always lots to work on. Absolutely. New laws, minimum wage goes up, or you know, whatever. It's just like you have to adjust or evolve and adjust. Yeah, no, there's always a next day. There's always a new day, though, right? Like you say. Totally, <laughs> it's so fun and so good, and we have we have the best team. I mean, it's like restaurants are not one person, and you really it's like constantly, constantly. Um, Making sure we're all, you know, working together, and we're gonna talk and you know, that. we're gonna talk about that first. Yeah. I want to find out what's your why. Like 
at the core of what you do and, and you know what gets you out of bed every day, what makes you show up every day with that positivity that just bursts out of you. I can feel it. I can hear it. Like, what is it? What is your why? What's your what's your purpose? Um, you know what? I love it. I feel like I'm. I try to. I hopefully. I think of myself as a very responsible person that takes um, almost almost. It's good and bad because I um, used to try to like do things where I'd be like, you know, I'll just do it. And learning how to say, can you do that? And how about we recreate our system and stuff? So it's, um, you know, everybody shares responsibility. But I, I really love, I love this industry. I love our community. And there's always lots to do. So what is it about the you got to love it. You, you have love. to love it. Why do you love it so much? What is it that, that you love about it? Um, well, I don't know which one I love more, but I've always been a people person. I really do care about the people. I care about what we're, we want to, we're not, I don't consider ourselves, um, fancy, but I don't, I think that we strive for highest quality, which in itself is, takes a lot of effort. So you're like, whether it's, um, knowing all the Negro Mara producers or which farm has the best um, artichokes right now or, you know, it's just like all those things. So when you're chasing it, you're like, this is just great. And it, and it feels like it's easy and effortless, but there is a lot that goes into it every day. Yeah, so I wrote down uh, just your love for the industry uh, and caring about the people in your pursuit for just having that highest possible quality you can have. Um and when you say uh, about the people, caring about the people, who, which people are you talking about? I'm talking about all the people mm. within our staff, within our teams, our managers are supported, our customers are being taken care of, and, you know, there's always work. There's always, in dealing with the public, there's things that um, you want everything to be perfect, but there's always things to work on. And so, um, you know, it's like... Um, how are we doing today? And then yesterday was great, but you know, who's got this today? And we just don't want to skip beats, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, uh, if you could like narrow down, uh, I mean, you've had such great success. If you can narrow down like three or four habits or characteristics, uh, that you think most contribute to your success, what would they be? Three habits or characteristics. I think, um, Believing in yourself, believing in your team, and uh, working really hard. Believing in yourself, uh, believing in your team, and just working really hard. So uh, take yeah. a time where you really just believed in yourself or you believe in someone in your team or your work ethic. Just really like a specific time, a moment in your life where this helped you get to the next level. Oh, there's a lot. Um you know, um, for instance, I have two sons when one of them is about to turn nine. And, um, when I was pregnant, so we're about 12 years, it was about, you know, um, it was about maybe we were open a few years when we got pregnant. And that was the first time that I really like, I was about six months into that pregnancy. I was like, Hmm, I'm going to need to have a cell. I thought he was a sommelier come over and like figure this out like I would take a day 
off and and I, so, uh, we had a, an amazing service team we still do and and a lot of our so a wine team sometimes are servers too and um, in fact there's this great book called uh, Native Groups of Italy okay. and the author was here from Rome and walked in and one of our servers who was also a sommelier took care of him and recommended his own book to him and got herself a trip to Italy <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's just like we don't to us every position is important yeah. um, but so when I realized I had to you know start bringing in our team and developing our manager team and sommelier team it was like that next level of operations where it's just you know oh i'll just take care of it or i'll be here to open and close and and then you realize you know we're we're, we're evolving yeah. we can think about things a little differently but um you know you you got to trust everyone around you to help them make the right decisions and think about the restaurant and not, you know, um, each individual's because you don't want to spend time, you know, you want everybody taking responsibility and wanting to be there and stepping up. And that's the kind of, that is the kind of people we have. It makes me feel so proud of them all the time. So which it factor would you say is coming out right now? Is it the work ethic of just showing up every day, every day to be working with each other, to support each other, to constantly learn and to, to bring it up to the next level? Like you say, your why is just that pursuit of your of the highest possible quality. Is, is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Awesome. So we've heard yeah. so much about... Uh, the successes you've had to this point and uh, the things that drive you and keep you going. Uh, talk to us about a dark time. Talk to us about a time where you made a mistake mm-hmm. or you just had a mm-hmm. experience where you just fell hard in part of my language, Shelly, on your ass. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when you... I mean, I've been a, almost like... I'm almost like too nice sometimes, which is not always great. Mm. And, um, and sometimes you don't want people taking advantage of that, but I've been told that my entire life since I was, you know, young and it's just how I'm wired. Mm. That's the way, that's the way I, I cope with things and deal with things. And I, and I, and I, people are always like, you seem so calm. You should be. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, I've had, I'm, just like most people who probably get in the restaurant business, you you learn how to deal with things in life. Absolutely. You know, it's not always yeah. Get specific, yo. Get get down to a moment where being too nice in the restaurant has really mm-hmm. gotten you in trouble. Like, where were you taking advantage of? How has this hurt you? Well, I mean, we've had moments where um, I like to promote from within. I mean, we like to promote from within. We like to you know, give our executive chefs a lot of um, autonomy, make the decisions for their team, and and you just hope that they have the restaurant's best intention at heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets away because the celebrity chef is, you know, it, I think that there's a lot of emphasis on the sommeliers now more than there was, um, you know, there wasn't quite the balance, but it's still... Um, it used to not be that way where it's all like, um, you know, the chefs that get treated like they're the whole restaurant, but we've always, just like you see with our books, it's always food and wine balanced Mm -hmm. because restaurants are an experience and 
we have always tried to put this equal amount of energy to all of the departments. And of course your food is so important and we've always known that. But we we sometimes um, had moments where we've had to, you know, part ways with chefs or things, but I don't think it's uncommon. I think that it's a human business and that if you're strong enough in your concepts and what you believe in, um, you're fine and people are all on their own path. So, so you have to be strong as a group, you know? I, I don't want to make any suggestions or it sounds like I'm, I'm reading between the lines and it sounds like you've had people on your team in the past that uh, want that attention of being the chef because in most restaurants, most well-known restaurants, it's the chef that's getting that attention. Uh, mm-hmm. Since you were such a yeah. wine-driven uh, restaurant with so much accolades going to your wine program and people coming to work for you because they're passionate about wine. It's a, it's a wine centric restaurant and sounds like some of the people on your team may might feel like they're being shadowed. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I, I hope not, but, but I feel like sometimes just the need for uh, recognition or things like that can, can, you know, you, you want it to be wholesome and you want it, you want everyone to be on a, t- a, a team together. Mm-hmm. So we keep trying to promote this kind of balanced approach to restaurants. But it's not always easy because, you know, in the front of the house, you have to be like, no matter what's going on, you have to smile, work your way through it. Even if something, you know, broke or, you know, whatever, you just, you want your guests to have a great experience. So you have to kind of, um, you know, think think quick on your feet and things, and I'm, and the same thing can happen in the kitchen, but it's more militaristic, where yeah. they're like, it's order, fire, you know, yeah. quick, this and that. Shelly, and you're so gonna, you're gonna hate me because I feel like there's a juicy story behind this, and I really want to, I really want to dig oh. <laughs> because uh, you said your, oh. your career uh, failure or your your challenge is being too nice. Mm. So were you too nice yeah. to somebody? Did somebody? Did you give too much? Uh, like. I don't know. Were you? How was being too nice? How does this tie into the the balance between the wine program and the food? Like, what happened? Well, I feel like um, you know, not. It, <laughs> I'm a pig. There's a juicy story. <laughs> there's always juicy stories, you know. <laughs> but I think ours, like, literally, we probably have one of the textbook. Um, things of like we opened with a chef named Christoph Hille who is amazing and he um, he helped us develop the, the menu he put in all of our systems in the kitchen it's like you know the macaronara recipe the burrata like all these things the pizza all these things we really um, you know look at Christoph and say thank you and he brought in Nate Appleman who and you know did really well but a lot of the a lot of the accolades he received were also on the coattails of Kristoff. And not saying that Nate is talented, and I know I'm wishing him the best and to do well, but I just wish that um, Kristoff would have received more of the accolades because um, there's things like we were working on the cookbook and and we should have had his name in there. It's not in there, you know. And and uh, we've always just been a team, but. But we learned. We, we didn't know better. We're learning as we grow, and that's what happens, so you know? Was there yeah. failure um, assuming that everyone would be happy to take the team credit and not maybe giving the credit where credit was due? Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. I think it happens a lot. But 
but we have matured, our team has, and like today we're operating better than we did back then, and we were operating really well. We Being consistent and being, uh, being, you know, uh, we just, we, we owe a lot to a lot of people, Absolutely. and we don't want to take that away, but sometimes people just... They just kind of want, they don't want to share the limelight, and so that's not why we're in this business, so you know? I'm curious, um, how was being too nice, how did this contribute to this, this issue in your, or this, this, uh, this time in your life? Um, well, I'm, you know, there was, there was just some bad behavior. <laughs> they had people yelling at each other in the kitchen and things that we don't condone. So you didn't, and maybe you they didn't w- put the hammer down. You didn't come down and put a, an end to this stuff when it started. Is that what happened? Well, if I was there, then people behave better. Ah, uh, okay. But if I'm not there, then I hear about things. And then, so I try to be there just to make sure people are being nice to each other, you know? And then I'll talk about it and things and, and, um, you know, so we just, we're just big on that respect thing because, um, I mean, there was a time when I think a lot of kitchens were known for the chefs screaming or kind of like not hazing, but you know, you got to like be able to, to perform and a lot of it is, there's a lot of pressure. If you're a chef, you have to have a healthy ego because you're putting this food on the plate for the public, you know, and then we all have to get behind it. So it's sort of like balancing to make sure that yeah. that we're all working together. It, it, that's, it's quite the dance. Yeah, Shelly, thank, thank you for being yeah. juicy. Thank you for get, bringing us and really pulling back the layers on that. Uh, I think we really, that's a great lesson that's in that story. And um, I always, uh, everyone's going to think I have like, a crush on Octavio Mantilla of uh, – <laughs> Of best restaurant group because I I always quote him and he's always saying um, you can accomplish anything in life if you don't care who gets the credit and uh, many people don't know the name of yeah. Octavio Mantilla because he's the director of operations for best restaurant group but you probably heard of John Besh right oh that group's amazing yeah, oh exactly. I love those guys but, you know Octavio yeah. he's the man behind the scene he's the man you know putting everybody in the right place at the right time recruiting the right people but look at that that restaurant group and so much of the success of that group is on his shoulders um and what he's same with sabato with danny meyer's group he's amazing too he's like my god so yeah that whole the 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 point i'm trying to make is um that like you said it's about we it's not about me and if you have that mentality and you and you know that what if we all work together and we lean on each other together we can grow further than any one of us could alone and not to the exactly. this this gentleman, I'm sure he's an incredible person. But there's a lesson in that, you know, um, that you have to have that attitude of we and not me, and that's what will get you far in this industry. So great story, awesome, you know, juiciness. There. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna take try a- not to be that juicy, but sometimes, you know, yeah, that's, that's where all the good stuff lives. So we're gonna take a quick break, uh, take a sip of water, and say thanks to our sponsors. We'll be right back. Today's sponsor is Audible, and it's no secret 
that to be successful, you need to surround yourself with successful people. And with audiobooks, it's never been easier to just absorb that knowledge from those that came before us who have proven themselves successful. Today's guest recommended Danny Myers saying the table. You can get that book for free on Audible today if you head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. What are you waiting for? Get on it. We are back, and we have some great advice coming. So, Shelly, what's the um, what's your advice for uh, just getting the capital uh, to get started, or if you know, just any advice for just that first push to opening your doors in a restaurant? Oh, you know, there's no easy way, and then most of the time, no matter how prepared you are. You're still rolling something out the back door while you're letting people in the front door, you know, for opening time. So it's just, it's just going for it. Mm. And, you know, you even if you don't feel like you will have everything 100% where you want it to be, opening day, um, getting open and getting revenue coming in is important. Yeah. And it's you know, it's gonna be scary. I mean, it's gonna be scary, but you you gotta take the risk. You gotta take the leap. And like you said, like you gotta get that revenue going because every day you don't open those doors, you're paying for people, and that's expenses going out and no revenue coming in. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Oh yeah, it adds up quick because um, I mean we had a turnaround time. A lot of it was because Greg designed um, a sixteen and SPQR, and you know we we saved things add up quick and it's so funny because the wine's the last thing you bring in you have to start developing your menu and you know getting your dishes right and figuring out how you're going to order your food and you know make um get your systems get your reservation system in place hire your teams you know like all that all the things that go into it and you know you have so much money to budget and then you have to be like we're opening on this day Mm. (laughs) And you have to get, you know, of course, your health and yeah. all your permits approved before you open. So those are those are the the high priority things. And then and then once you get that, you're good. So uh, what was your biggest struggle with opening a restaurant? Like, are there any things that you wish you would have done differently if you were starting all over again from scratch? Um, you know, we were really we were we were young. And um, we just knew that we would we have no problem working day and night, and that you know we're just putting your all into it. And um, and so a lot of the opening of the first restaurant was um, we were just pretty understaffed because fortunately, knock on wood, we were busy. A lot of our industry friends sent a lot of their friends right away. We had lots of community support, and we went above and beyond to really try to have happy customers that really wanted to be there. And we didn't really think that... I. One of the things I think that was different for us is because pizza was... It's a part of the menu. It's not... We have an appetizer portion. We have a protein portion. We have a pasta portion. And pizza was definitely... is always and still is... Um, a central part of our menu but one of the things with all the service background has a partner there um, we wanted people to be able to come in and just have a nice glass of wine bring your kids bring your friends 
you can, some people still haven't ever walked past the bar area where we have half walk-in, half reservations. And they, um, and they're just used to coming in the same room with our bartenders and ordering a pizza, a glass of wine. Others come in and they have a party in their atrium and celebrate or start with bubbles and have white wine and red wine and, you know, eat the way through the menu. But one thing we wanted to do was have regional wines in the right wine glass at the right temperature mm-hmm. that you could have, we have about half of our wine cells are by the glass or half bottle carafe. So you don't have to commit to a bottle, you can. And we always wanted to be a place you can come all the time, price-wise, and um, whether you're by yourself or with a group of people. Yeah, and um, you know, so we, uh, just listening to you talk, Shelly, some of the things I wrote down that really jumped out to me. Earlier, you mentioned that you opened with a partner and that she's an attorney. What part of that mm-hmm. was strategic? I mean, how important is it to get yeah. people like attorneys and CPAs on your team? Do you think you would have had the same success without yeah. that kind of powerhouse in your corner? Yeah, and her sister's a CPA and is my partner now. Oh, and Yeah, I know. But it's a really important part because most restaurant professionals don't have the business background. They have the service, mm-hmm. food, knowledge, wine knowledge, and it's really important. And it's something that I've really learned a lot over the years since being open. Not only have I learned and... Yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, I didn't really have to think about how payroll was happening or how other things were happening because we had a wonderful controller too. And now one of my former bosses, Ed Levine, has a restaurant. Um, he's a, he has an accounting business and now we're using them because, um, laws have changed quite a bit since we opened in 2004 so most restaurants (laughs) most restaurant owners are having to spend a whole lot more time on human resources and um you know accounting hr we have a lot of laws that we had to think about things like we have um that a lot other cities don't have that san francisco has a, a bigger expense pool and you know restaurants aren't known for having the highest margin profit margins Mm -hmm. so you always have to adjust evolve and be like okay how do we make that work and keep to our philosophy and mission so it's been an important year just for redoing um, everything to make sure we're operating as healthy as possible so I spend a lot of my time doing that nowadays. Yeah, there's some huge lessons to be taken away in this. Um, First, you know, it it takes almost an army uh, to to have a successful restaurant. You really need – it's not any one person uh, that will help you get there. And you have put together such an incredible team. You have a CPA in your corner, an attorney in your corner. Your husband was a chef and restaurateur before opening – Oh, no, he's bar guy. He's a bar guy. He's a designer, bar bar professional. He still has his bars. Yeah. The other thing I wrote down that I didn't touch on, uh, I said two things. One was the, your attorney uh, partner. The other thing was industry friends and support. Um, so many people yes, try to open. Huge. Yeah. So many people try to open a restaurant 
uh, their first restaurant. They don't know the industry. They never took the time to learn the industry and work in the industry, and they can't lean on the industry for that initial support. To, to, that network is so huge. Like you, you need yeah, this. So important. And, um, that's just one thing I picked out from your story uh, with opening. Uh, I think was totally worth shining light on. And uh, now we get to talk about your people because you've been <laughs> you've been going down this road, uh, wanting to talk about how important your people are, how awesome your people are. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. So awesome. Um, how did you find all these people, uh, um, and how do you attract these incredible people onto you? Um, we have a pretty extensive training philosophy, and you know. Because sometimes we've sponsored, like I was telling you earlier, was over 30 sommeliers. Sometimes it's just we had an opportunity to sponsor someone for an exam. They weren't sure they wanted to do that position. And years later, they say, you know what? I think I want to be a sommelier. Okay. And I remember I have um, someone I consider a mentor who I never worked for, but is a good friend and someone I could call and ask advice for is Larry Stone. Okay. Master sommelier, amazing. Um, when I first was hiring people that wanted to work with me, and I was just so honored that people wanted to work with us. And um, so I just remember feeling, oh gosh, I've been, like I've worked in all these positions, and we wanted to create a really good learning environment for our people and we still believe in that today and even people have moved on they are doing in most people that have worked with sommeliers or in the wine part with me are in the wine or hospitality business somewhere some have opened their own places mm-hmm. some are working in wineries some you know it's just and and so the community and our families as long as we've been open keeps extending so um when i was at james pier last year we didn't have i needed to call in reinforcements i called in two formal sommeliers they came in and worked the floor and uh the night um uh, we won last year for james beard and we're in chicago and the party was at a16 with all these friends that kept getting pictures and it was like the best feeling because it's all because of this team it's not because of one person you know absolutely and but you um, know i i agree with you 100 percent that it's about a team but i'm really about to inflate your ego so so get ready for this because <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's the thing like so many times i've heard people talking about how they they can't find any good help how there's nobody out there and there's no uh, let me ask you shelly are you having trouble finding people to work for you right now um we're. I wouldn't say it's. There's a, we're we're doing fine. We're doing fine with our teams. And here's what I mean. We're always looking for good people. We are always looking for great people, though. But here's the thing. I, I feel like so often it's impossible to find good people. But who who are you? Like what? Why would I want to come work for you? What are you going to do for me? We're too often concerned about finding people. What are they going to do for us? How are you going to contribute to our team? But you need to flip it and say, what can I do for you? What can I? How can I become attractive for somebody? And why would I want to come work for you, Shelley? Because I know that if I wanted to be a sommelier, I could come work for somebody who's been teaching about wine, who has all these accolades, who's super successful. Mm-hmm. We want to surround ourselves with successful people and be a part of an amazing team. So are you a 
amazing? Are you doing all these things? Like, what reasons would I want to come work for you? Ask yourself that. And Shelly, I mean, you've you've got all these accolades. You you've been you you know, uh, food and wine or wine and spirits. You know, best sommelier, uh, best wine director, uh, outstanding wine program. Like, obviously, you not everybody can hold these titles, but you can start today to put that training into place to invest in your people. So if I came to work for you, I can have my own career. I can go work for you, and because I can tie my name to your success, I have that. You know, that it's a paid education. It's a it's access to your network. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I, I've had. I'm on a tear. I've right had. Now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've had um, people move to San Francisco to work for um, A16, who started serving, and and like literally, when I was pregnant with my second, we had about a hundred cases of wine coming in one day, and um, his name's Nico, and he said, "Hey, you know what? Um, I'm coming in to help you tomorrow." And his, that position stuck. He, he went from serving, he's like, he came in, and then when, um, and then next thing you know, he was there every Tuesday, and then he became a wine manager with us. And then, you know, he kept moving his way up, and people adored him in the industry, and now he's a sommelier in London, he's got a new job, and he moved to Italy. I sent him to go to Harvest with Ariana Ocapinti. He hadn't met her before. They became best friends. And, um, you know, and he was worried to tell me and I said, I'm married. I have kids. I'm here. This is my, this is our, my career too. I, you should go to Italy. You should do those things. We have a door open for you if you want to come back. Mm. And, you know, and people look at that or, and we have, this, I have so many stories like that where people have done really well with, with that A16 who, so I, this, Angel, who worked for us, she's walked in and she said, no experience, but her personality was so amazing. And I, she walked in the door. We weren't even hiring at the time. And I said, we had to hire her. <laughs> she became, ended up becoming a host to a manager to, you know, just completely beloved. She just has that hospitality personality. And there's some things that you can train people, but if they already have have it and you could you could spot it a mile away i could go you know? all day. i could talk to you all day about how what you're doing how we could we could learn so much from you about just how to attract greatness onto ourselves but just some key takeaways um invest in your people uh, make it about your people your restaurant is not about you it's about your people and it's about developing your people and providing opportunity to people have that mentality uh send them away to go learn make it a about them uh always be hiring too is another little nugget you just dropped on us don't think that okay we have enough people always be hiring people are always leaving and cream rises Mm -hmm. so always be hiring um i mean there's just there was so much i don't have to summarize the entire thing you guys all heard it it's great (laughs) stuff um man i wish we could continue to talk on this one subject but we gotta keep going uh what are some of the current challenges you're having in the industry and how do you plan to handle that current challenge or if you can't think of a current challenge what was the past challenge we have there's always challenges our biggest one right now is labor Mm. because our minimum wage went up so high and we you know it's like you it's a very human business we have an army of people working with us and our prices are moderate so how do you adjust to rising costs of business rising rents rising everything and then 
And then how much can you charge when you're in a neighborhood restaurant and having to deal with all those pricing price increases? So we are, we're, we feel really fortunate because we're adjusting and, you know, following the compliances, the laws, whether it's like, there's a new one that, it hasn't hit the labor laws yet, but it's about the legality of tipping the kitchen. Well, we've, we've always tipped the kitchen as long as it's been legal. And if we want to pay, how do we pay our dishwasher when we have to pay our tipped employees um, the same minimum wage? How do we, if that keeps rising, how are we going to give raises to our kitchen hourly that should be paid X amount? And, you know, everyone's ad- adjusting to it differently and we aren't, you know, a big powerful group that can just say, blanket, this is what we're doing. Um, we, we're, we're a little bit more neighborhood, you know, so we just, we just have to make decisions that we think will be the best, um, the best that are best for all of us. So what are you, what are you doing? What decisions do you think you're going to make to, to tackle this, this challenge? Um, well, we've been, basically having to, um, you know, having a little bit lower profit margin than we're used to, mm-hmm. but, um, but we have one, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, that's important. And, you know, just looking over, you know, Oh, cost of living went up. Everybody wants to be paid more. Well, I mean, it, we just, we might have to raise our prices a little bit here and there, but we don't, we we're trying just to be fair because we want to be neighborhood. But then, you know, I spend a ton of money at the grocery store. So sometimes I think, wow, it's actually less expensive to, yeah. to go to the restaurant than to go to the grocery store. So, so are, are, you know what I mean? Have you done anything like that? Like those really creative ways, like uh, going to the restaurant instead of a grocery store uh, to kind of, you know, shrink the gaps or to, uh, you know, have less money going out to one place to have it go towards uh, paying your staff? Like, are you closing the gaps anywhere else that you can share with us? Um, well, I think we've, we have, um, we always think that it's really important. We want to give guests something, but you can't, you know, nothing's free. We're paying, we pay for everything and our prices are going up. And so, we have a very generous um, mentality, and so we've had to really be careful about that and figure out, like, what can we give guests? I mean, because we just can't afford to it at the cost of operating businesses this day, but we want to do something to thank our guests for coming in, and a lot of it is, you know, keeping our prices moderate, keeping, um, you know, what we're doing, but we, we've had to like really pay attention to things like our wine education and how we address that or, you know, all these little things that add up tremendously. Like, do you give, can, can your staff, you know, we're not like, you know, your staff just can't come in and be like, make yourself a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. have a Coke or whatever. It's like, who's paying for all that, you know? So we've had to really fine-tooth comb everything, but it's been good for our management team because when you look at the numbers, all that adds up so much. Yeah, 
I mean, you don't have and to totally like, it back, but at least track it. Yeah. At least, you know, budget for it so you know where that money is going so you can just control every little penny. Um, I mean, I think it's important that exactly. you Exactly. It can get out of control. control. Exactly. It can so get out of control. You just have to regulate it. And when it's, I think it's when it gets unregulated yeah. and gets out of control, that's where money really starts to get away from you. Um, great stuff. Well, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> if you get more, lay it on us. No, 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 no. No, just our learning. As we learn, we share that information with our managers so they can share that information. And it's been really eye-opening and it's really important that everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So. Great stuff. Uh, communications, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't agree more with you. So you do so much, Shelly. You're everywhere. I don't know how you manage all this. So we where, try. Where, where do you find uh, time for like you know work-life balance? How do you balance all of what you do and still have time for your children, your husband, the things that make you happy? Oh, you know, it's a, it's it's different week to week. Some weeks, um, you know, there's things with your kids. You're like, I'm, you know, he has a birthday party on this Friday, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be there. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. throwing it or this and that. and Or, you know, a lot of times we could just say, you know, push comes to shove. The kids can come with us to the restaurant. They can sit there hot pizza, mm-hmm. I can do my thing, um, but we have had, we've had a pretty good, um, okay. we've had a pretty, sorry, we've had a pretty good um, ability to say, we're, we're co-parents, so, you know, a lot of times, Greg, certain days of the week, he can say, I can go to work all day, pick up the kids be home at night yeah and you know and so the more that we're able to balance like that um that's been that's been just the way we we could we don't even know our schedules we we haven't even had a, a nanny in our life because we didn't even we couldn't we're not that organized on our own schedules yeah but we've had a great sitters who we have learned to trust and like our family and they know that we'll, we'll probably be like an hour late most nights or or then maybe they they can pick up our kids here or whatever. We just, we're pretty easygoing. We just figure out a way. Yeah. No, absolutely. And um, I mean, I'm trying to get my thoughts straight. Like I grew up in a restaurant. I feel like so often like people don't let their kids go into the restaurant. Like it's, I don't know why, but like, it's, I take your kids to restaurants. Yeah, yeah they have to learn. It's so good for you, like children to see what you know at an early age, what work is, how you can interact with all those people, to, to just be introduced to uh, the work life. And I mean, I was yeah. standing on uh, milk cartons, milk crates, at the age of like five years old doing dishes. And guess what? When it's family, it's legal. Like <laughs> that's free labor. Why not? With, I know with the increase of. With wages, I mean, I don't know. Like, bring your kids to work. Um, and, yeah. It, I've had so many of my friends have their kids come work for us, too. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and grandkids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, go work with Shelly this summer or go work with Shelly here. And I feel, it makes me feel great. You know, it's sort of like that next, I'll probably do that with mine. You know, the I have. Biggest, the biggest lesson I got from this, Shelly, from this advice is just make it work. Um, and if you have to be at a birthday, like you make it work, you, you, you got to take that time uh, to be with your family to make it work because you don't want to resent your business either. 
Yeah, exactly. You want to be in it for the long haul. You want your kids to, you know, hopefully like work in it later and, and, you know, you're creating something that you hope outlives your career. And so, yeah. Great stuff. So what's one book, uh, that is a must read, uh, for anybody who wants to get into the restaurant industry? It doesn't have to be a restaurant book. It can be any book or maybe even a wine book, uh, that somebody has to read to improve their wine business. Oh, to improve the wine business. You know, um, wow. There's a couple good hospitality books that came out this past year. Um, my, uh, I have a friend of mine who's in the hotel business side of things. He's Austrian. He's in India now. I worked with him in, at the Grand Wailea in Maui, and his name's Louis Seiler, S-A-I-L-E-R, and he wrote a book about hospitality. Um, he is really a career professional, great advice in how to be successful in managing in the restaurant business. Um, there was another one from Do you know the title Jeff. of that book? Oh, I'm going to look it up right now um, because it's all on top of my head, but it has a big pineapple on it. And uh, say his name. It's I literally can, a, I can look it up Lewis Seiler. Lewis Seiler. He's like a really excellent, excellent um, hospitality professional great advice in there um and also globally thinking too uh which is important and and um jeff from viet uh, vetri um yes also has he has a yeah front of the house and of course danny meyer setting the table um and um that's like one of the biggest compliments is whenever i say said things to people over all these years they'll be like did you get that from Danny Meyer's book I think I read that in there and, and I'll say hmm that was the biggest compliment you could have given me thank you because I'm, I'm such a big fan oh yeah no doubt Danny Meyer's book Setting the Table is like the it's been called the uh, bible of the hospitality industry um, mm-hmm. great book and uh, Jeff Benjamin's book is incredible too I recently had Jeff on the show to discuss that awesome book. um incredible book you must listen to that i'll have both those books in the show notes and i'm struggling i think i spelled lewis seiler wrong spell that one more time oh let me uh, hold on look it up i i know it has a um you're you're spelling it as i uh was opening a window (laughs) and i'm slow oh did you find it no i didn't l-o-u-i-s yeah is it S A L S A I L E R? Yeah, it is. Um, oh, it's called From Apprentice to CEO. Oh, I just found it. From Apprentice to CEO. Beautiful. I'll have that in the show notes as well. That's a first time mention on the show. So, Lewis Seiler, look out. I'm probably going to be uh, sending you an email soon, brother, to get you on the show because I would love to read your book. Awesome. Uh, great. So, <clears throat> all right, let's talk about technology now. Uh, what are some recommendations you have, some tools you're leveraging in your restaurant to be more efficient, to be more profitable, to be more uh, productive? Is there anything that you recently just adopted that you're just having great success with? Um, we, it's, we're still 
this is an area where we're spending a lot of time right now thinking about because I think we get emailed um, multiple times a week about changing our reservation system and we've been really happy with open table in fact it is it is like a reservationist and yes it's expensive and then and but it's just been something we really has really worked been important to us what are some of the things you're looking at what what might be you changing to oh we're not going to change but we do get approached a lot about changing from people um you know just trying to sell us stuff there's a lot of salesy salesy technology out there it's sort of like um whether it's like marketing or your website or this and and you know um those are all really important things that we have to look at social media is huge absolutely i mean it's almost it's almost like um your pr window so i mean um we so we we're you know we're changing because you, you you have your personal you know if you, i mean at the restaurant the grocery store or with the kids or something with, to do with wine so i'm pretty you can you can probably bet that one of my posts will be of four things <laughs> so, <laughs> you know so, um, there is a ton out there right now and i feel like yeah uh, that's exactly why i asked this question too by the way you pretty much explained the reason why i asked this question because there's so much out there we're constantly trying to be sold mm-hmm. and how do you filter through what's right for my restaurant what works good and I think it's just great to hear from people in the industry uh, that are who have adopted these technologies, who have done the time to research these technologies and say, yes, I do use such and such service, and it has helped me. So if that person who is trying to sell this product to you is trying, you should because you might get a great return on investment. Um, so, I mean, we have so many vendors we work with from food and wine already that we talk to every day. So between that and someone trying to sell you something and getting ready for service and yeah. looking over your financials and all these things, you're just like, this is my list today, and these are things important. So, I mean, me- it's not that you don't want to give people time, but time management is huge. Yeah, and um, that's, that's yeah. a great point that you make because I feel like a lot of these tools help you get time back in your life so you have more time to do yes. things. So. Are, are you using any of those tools that have helped you be more efficient with your time that you can share with us? Well, there's certain things that I want. I look at my man, uh, our management team and how to save their time, you know, because when they come in to run service, I am, I had this conversation yesterday where I'm like, when you come in, you know, you want to come in, get yourself a glass of water, get yourself something, get yourself settled by the time you even get, seated to think about the day you're already an hour in mm-hmm. right and so there's so many distractions that keep coming up throughout the day that take priority you know is is someone calling in sick is somebody you know what's happening here and just preparing that those things like for instance um i feel like get using cash tips mm-hmm. is like we can't wait to move past that and get tips on payroll but because that's going to save hours and hours and hours a week well, how do you plan on doing that well i think it's just a way of the future so most restaurants 
opening today probably are starting with tips on paychecks already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go to the bank and you have to get, you know, X amount of 20s and not let it, we're, down the, it's not going to be that far in the future that we're going to be more ca- less less cash and more about you know yeah, whether it's your transactions with like whether it be your yeah. cell phone or through that's their technology is going to come in exactly. yeah and and also it's just not that safe it's not that time efficient and things and so there's things we, we know we want to do but it's sort of like it's like that when yeah. we know how we're going to do it, but it's just like giving your servers time to save their money while we make that transition. So, you know, they, we, we move to that, but it's, it's going to cost the restaurant more money, yeah. but it's going to save us some time. Yeah. And so, I think that's the thing. More money. Here's the thing. I, I think successful people have this mentality that their most valuable form of currency is time. Because what you get, yeah. it's what you do with that new time, whether it be investing in a new project or finding, creating another channel of revenue uh, to help. You know, it's, it's what, that's what successful people do. They, they manipulate time through automation and duplication and systems, processes, procedures, and that's exactly what technology is, right? It's a system or process or procedure that was created to be more efficient than whatever you were doing before. Look at a POS system. It's more like a POS system is more efficient and effective in better communicating for like uh, versus like writing down chits. Like, and now they have table side. Order. The options for POS, the options for POS is, is not great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we use the bigger ones, but they seem really archaic. Yeah. And they're very expensive, and you know, it's just like we're like really behind in POS options out there. I think maybe we can have a, t- a talk after. I can make some recommendations based off what my guests have told me. Okay, uh, that'd be great. Uh, but you did say you have some tools that you mentioned for your your managers to help them save time. Can you mention any of those? Are you doing any labor management tools? Um, let me think about that. So, yeah, there is a lot of. A lot of it is this learning curve of having your managers have the skills to help ma- actually manage the restaurant, the business side, the people side, mm-hmm. and really think about it all to be as effective as possible. Because if you don't empower your managers, then they're just one step up from the server and just making making decisions. But are they making decisions... Are you teaching them how to make mm-hmm. the right decisions? Yeah. You know? No matter what technology you have in your restaurant, I think you're making a really good point. Um, no matter what technology you have in your restaurant, if you don't train your people uh, right to even just use the tools right or to get the maximum you know, potential out of those tools, to, to squeeze every last you know, ounce of efficiency out of those tools, or just to... I don't know, just be good people. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what tools you have or technologies you have in your restaurant. So like I, I agree with you 100% first, just focus on training your people and developing your people like, and giving them the professional tools to be uh, effective people, you know, like those human tools uh, first and foremost, before you focus on technology. So I think that's a good enough to wrap up this section. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with all the knowledge you have now, Shelly, if you could go back in time uh, to a past version of yourself, maybe uh, when you are, I don't know, 
deciding, having that realization that you, you want to make a career out of hospitality, what's one piece of business advice you would give your past self? Um, well, I think that, um, I'm kind of a trusting type of person. So I think that, um, one of the things we've been, uh, that Terry and I've been talking about a lot is just like verifying. Mm. So looking over something and just saying, let me make sure that this is correct. It's not about trust. It's about business. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, oh, you got that? Okay, that's great. Um, I trust that you just, you got that, that this is all going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But you, you can't, you can't always rely on that. So you have to make sure that things are happening the way you think they're going to happen. So, so, you know, if I call, this is a, not the business example, this is the restaurant example. If I call and order um, three cases of sparkling wine and one case shows up that I got charged for three, how do I prove that, you know? Yeah. And, or it could be in anything. Or you could say, oh, okay, great. You're going to come fix uh, plumbing tomorrow. And so you're constantly being sent bills, you know, for stuff. And you just have to think about this, like, oh, did I get that doubly charged by UPS? Did I get, you know, things that happen and they just all add up. And so it's just... um procedures you know making sure that absolutely you hit it on the nose i'm happy that's where you yeah. ended this and i couldn't yeah. listening to you talk um i couldn't help but think of uh two people uh, uh ari weinswag from zingerman's and uh nick cirillo uh from nick's pizza and the author of a slice of the pie uh, when he talks about trust and track. And I think it's good, personally. I think it's great that you trust your people because if you don't have that trust in the rapport, you, you, you have nothing. But at the same time, uh, you have to think of Ari Weinswag's words, which are your strengths are oftentimes also your weaknesses. And your strength of just being good and trusting, that's a good strength uh, to have trust in your people. But at the same time, it can be a weakness if you don't have those uh, checks and balances in place to, to, tr- to track what's going on. It's good to trust, but you have to track. Um, and that's what I'm hearing you say with those procedures, those systems, those processes, right? Um, and Nick, right. Oh, Nick's book, uh, slice of the pie is such a great book about how important it is <laughs> to trust. But again, um, like you said, if that's your, if you're over trusting, you need to develop those, those procedures to track everything to make sure. And then you have to be able to track it and see it, uh, and make sure that it's, it's people yeah. what they're saying. Um, restaurant life is a busy life, you oh. know, and you have to, it's easy to it's easy to just keep going, but you have to kind of be thinking constantly about making sure everything's where it, where it needs to be. Absolutely, awesome stuff. Um, what do I ask that last question yet? Okay, sorry. Last question. <laughs> With um, mm-hmm. what's one question I could have asked you, Shelley, that would have added more value to this interview? Um. One, I think you asked great questions. I can't even think of one. 
Oh, thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. I really do. So this has been awesome, Shelly. Uh, you've been such an incredible guest. I, I love what you've done. Thank you. You, you train your people, take care of your people. You're such a role model. Uh, we can all look up to you. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, call somebody <laughs> out. Who's one independent restaurant operator you admire and just think would be a great guest mentor on the show? Oh, I'd say Carolyn Stein from AOC and Luke's Ooh. in Los Angeles. Carolyn Stein. Carolyn Stein. Look out. Carolyn. 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 Sorry. Thank you for correcting that. Carolyn Stein. I'm, She's I'm, Suzanne Gowen's partner. Oh, really? It's, it's her restaurant wife. Yeah. Awesome. Look out. I'm coming after you. Yeah. I would love for you to be a guest <laughs> on the show. Um, if Shelly is telling me to connect, you must be amazing. And uh, let the folks at home know, Shelly, how we can connect with you. Maybe uh, we're passionate about wine. We, we've been working to get our sommelier. We have our sommelier. Uh, certificate and we just want to come be a part of an incredible team how can we connect oh you can uh, email as Shelly um, with an EY at a16sf.com you can um, we have our events and things on our website we're always doing fun wine weeks and we're always up to something at the restaurant so even if you pop in and I'm not there we have a great team um, who's always full of bubbling over with information and so we um we're we're around just come come find us we'd love to take care of you all right beautiful i have the the link to your website in the show notes and uh this is episode 237 thank you so much for uh joining us thank you incredible there's no questioning (laughs) shelly you are unstoppable (laughs) <laughs> well, that makes me feel good. Thank you very much no for, for that. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. All right. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful. A whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.